Do you hate your job? Of course you do. So do Liz and Noah. Now it's time to join their conversation so you can figure out how to quit your soul-crushing job. When Can I Quit My Job? Episode 27. Hello, all you quitheads. I am your host, Noah, and today I'm by myself. I am going to talk today about the profit-first system. Now, this is mostly for maybe really only for business owners or people who have something that brings in an income outside of their their day job. So if that's not you, you can listen, but it may not be a lot of good to you. But so you'll want to read. If this sounds like something you'd like to implement, I would highly suggest reading the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. I'll link to that in the show notes. I'm just going to kind of give you a broad overview. There's a there's another book that I would kind of suggest to read with this, and it it's a, it stands by itself as a really good book as well. Um, I heard a lot of people talk about, and it intrigued me enough to listen to it. It's called The E-Myth Revisited, and that is by Michael Gerber, and I'll link to that as well. So Profit First, basically, it's, it's not really, I don't think it's developed for the type of business that we run, but they emphasize over and over again, it's it works for any business where you are creating income. So I am implementing it. I believe some of the top people who do this implement it, like um, Scott Todd and I think Mark Podolsky both impl- implement the, this. And they're the, the top two people, or at least the top two people I think of in this industry of um, buying and selling land. And basically in the in the book, Profit First, he references a story from his childhood where I think his mom had a low income and what she did was she had like say five envelopes and one envelope said rent and one envelope said groceries and one envelope said gas and so on and so forth and so anytime she got a check she allocated the money she got to make sure that she was able to to pay her bills and feed them and whatnot and then they would have like a maybe a spending envelope or something and you know if she worked a little overtime or something like that they could throw some extra money in there but the idea is that if you start a business it should be profitable from day one uh it shouldn't be any of this sacrificing your time and energy and working 60 hour weeks and oh putting all the money back into the business and one day you know one day in the future i'll i'll start taking profit or you know i'll i'll start paying myself more or something like that you know where you're you're paying your secretary more than yourself and you're barely paying yourself minimum wage uh so his idea is that a business should never be like that and and also not to necessarily focus on growth so much in the beginning or really at all growth should not be a goal according to this book. And I I agree. And it applies to my business a lot too. So growth should happen naturally is the thesis that he puts forth. So while it's obviously okay when a business is starting out to put some money back into the business, there's a way to go about it systematically that will naturally allow for growth. Whereas if you make growth a goal in and of itself, you can get too big to be sustainable very quickly. So the idea is Let's say that, let's make the math simple. So let's say I buy a piece of property for $250 and I sell it for $1,000. I would take that $1,000 and I would allocate it into, and actually, so a really big part of this is setting up multiple bank accounts, checking accounts, um, and also some savings. Because the point of this is to have access to the money that you need for your business, but not to have access to the money that you are not supposed to be spending. So 
Like, for instance, you would have a tax account, an account that is specifically created for paying your yearly or quarterly taxes for your business. And that he tells you to make as difficult to get as possible. So as far as like you do a savings account instead of a checking account, which makes there's one level that makes it more difficult. And then you, you say, no, don't give me a debit card. In fact, you know, if it's possible, make it so I have to come here in person to get money out of here, you know, that kind of thing. And even set it up in a different town, you know what I mean? Like, so there's some accounts that you would create that you don't want to access or even see because the way many businesses operate is they look at their bank account and they make their decisions based on that. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. So if you see your bank account and you only have one bank account for your business and it's low, well, then you know, okay, hey, it's time. I need to start selling stuff. I need to prioritize selling things first and foremost. That's the most important thing. I need to sell some stuff to get that bank account back up. But then when the bank account gets up and it's a lot, like, okay, time to either reinvest or, you know, okay, now we have some breathing room. We can hire somebody else or we can uh, buy that piece of equipment we've been waiting for. But the idea with Profit First is you have, you know, so he gives you kind of like formulas with percentages and allocations and you can look that stuff up online I would read the book first so it makes sense to you it didn't really fully click for me until I saw the numbers on the on paper and I worked it out for my own business but so you'll have an operating expenses account you'll have uh, like a an income account so basically what's gonna pay your check either every week or every other week or however you want to set that up You'll have an owner's profit account, which is basically you take 50% of everything you put in there every quarter and it's like fun money. You're not allowed to spend it on the business. You can go out to a fancy restaurant or you can buy a new car. You can use it to pay down your debt that you have. You have a tax account, like I said earlier, for paying taxes. And you have an operating expenses account, which would be for for our business. That includes things like our, our G Suite like uh, internet services that require subscription. It includes our our mailing costs for sending out offers and things like that. And so our the way we have our profit first set up is a little different because we have our IBC dividend paying whole life insurance plans, which I've mentioned on here before. And that's kind of our, that's what we're going to pay our taxes out of. So I don't actually have a tax account set up, but I do have, I have three accounts Mm, I kind of tailored it to my own my own system a little bit because our operating you're supposed to have a separate account for any income income goes into the income account and then it gets allocated from there so basically the income account would be empty most of the time except for when the money comes in but I use my income account as my operating expense account I'm not suggesting you do that I as I said I would suggest reading the book if this is, sounds like something that could prove helpful for you but so basically going back to my example I sell a piece of property for a thousand dollars right now I have this kind of ramping up to what I think our long-term sustainable um, allocation will be but right now one third of that would stay in our operating expenses account so that means $333 stays in there and that would be for all of our monthly subscriptions and it also right now is for purchasing land uh, we're also supplementing that as I said, with our IBC dividend paying whole life insurance plans, I take loans out and I actually write like an actual contract for my loans right now. So my business pays me back and it's not, it doesn't count as income. It's, it's paying me back a loan that I gave to the business. So now at this point, when I take money out of our policies, 
and loaned it loan it to the business to buy land or whatever I actually write a physical contract and sign it so when I pay myself back which I can pay myself with interest if I cho so choose that does not count as income so I should have been doing that from the beginning but I'm just learning my way around it even though we've been doing this for two years but so my operating expenses is also our inventory restocking account and then the other 67%, so $333 of that $1,000 would stay in the operating expenses and go toward our monthly online subscriptions for different services we have. And also hopefully build up over time to help us buy new inventory. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick second and share with you a new project I just put together. This is a compilation of angry voicemails set to some epic music. I think you'll enjoy the sample. I think you'll enjoy the full thing even more. Yeah, I received some sort of a purchase agreement. You sent us an offer for $450? You guys sent me a fucking thing about my property. Looks like a scam. We will sell this land when we are good and ready to sell this land. So I'm pretty proud of this project. At the time, I told Liz it was the greatest thing I've ever done. You'll definitely want to hear the full version on our Patreon page. Go check it out. Now back to the show. Then uh, right now, 60% is actually going to my uh, bi-weekly pay. So uh, $600 of that would go into a separate account I have that pays me every other week as though I still had a job. I mean, you know basically to replace the income of the job I quit. And then the remaining, what would it be, $67 would go into the owner's profit. So we are the owners, so we don't have to split it with anybody else. If you have a business with someone else, this this payout, this it's basically a dividend payout every quarter, would be split amongst the other owners. But since we're the only owners, it goes to us. But as I said, when you take that out quarterly, you leave half of it in there. So that Right now, I, I found an online account. Uh, you can have an online, it's a checking and a savings account. It's Varo. It's an it's online only. It's an app. They don't have any brick and mortar buildings, but it pays like 2% interest, which you won't find anywhere else. So that's just an added bonus. So right now, our, our owner's profit payout account is set up through Varo and it earns 2% compounding interest, which is pretty great as a, just a little bonus. And so that $33 would basically, when the next quarter came up, so like our quarter's coming to an end here in just a week or two, basically $16.50 of that would stay in the account and we would take the sixteen, the other $16.50 out and use it on ourselves for whatever we wanted as long as it doesn't have to do with the business because that's kind of cheating on the system. So that's how ours is set up right now. There'll be a couple tweaks starting in the fourth quarter um, well so I did a first quarter percentile or per percentage breakdown a second quarter percentage breakdown a third quarter percentage breakdown and then the fourth quarter I have it set up the way I think that we're going to have it sustained um, although we can tweak it as we go if we see fit but so the profit first system basically the whole point of it is there are so many businesses that aren't actually profitable that stay up and running for way too long and this is just a way to it does a handful of things it lets you know if you're actually profitable right up front because if you can't do it then you're not profitable because well the way he suggests to start is you know just start somehow like get the bank account set up first and foremost and if you can't ramp it up to what you're 
eventual percentages should look like, then you can at least do 1% here. You know, if you can live on 100% of whatever you're making, then you can live on 99% of what you're making. That's, that's the concept. So set up the accounts, get started, do something ready, fire, aim that, that whole idea, start it, start the system and then ramp it up as you go. The whole point is to never go backwards. So start with something, you know, you can work at work with, uh, if that's 5%, you know, 3%, 1%, whatever, something get started with that. So it ensures that you are profitable, even if it's only 1% of what you take in it's profit. At least another thing it does is for a lot of people, he, he talks about the adverse effects on larger businesses is a lot of times. So it forces you one to basically cut down on your expenses, uh, which can be salaries. It can lead to firings, layoffs, it can be uh, frivolous, maybe not frivolous, but exorbitant other expenses as like subscriptions. Like, so if we had some fancy mailing system that was costing us an email system that, you know, was producing our emails for us or something like that. And it's $200 a month. And that basically makes it so we can't run our profit first system. Then that's a sign that that, that, that needs to go because the whole point of making a business is, to create profit. And if you've set your business up in such a way that each time you make that profit, you put it somewhere else to do something else, that's not always the best idea. And it's not always the best idea to, to use all of your profit to grow as fast as possible because you haven't set up the framework for your business to be successful in the first place, which is profit. So in business, profit equals success. I mean, to a great deal. So, uh, so it can create, it basically makes you evaluate and shrink your business to the essentials. And then another thing it does is it forces you to be creative. So when I said earlier, when you look at a lot of business owners, look at your bank account to determine, Oh, it's time to sell because we're low or it's time to spend because we're, our bank account is high. This through the allocation and through, you know, those maybe one or two accounts that you're not even going to see when you're looking at uh, your accounts, it will force your, your main account, which probably is going to be your operating expenses to be lower, which means you're incentivized towards selling more often than spending. So when you see that account being lower, that triggers whatever it is in your head that says we need to bring in more money. So you're more often focused on selling, which is creating profit, which is the thing that's going to make your business successful to begin with. So that's an added bonus. And then it also forces you to be more innovative because you've got X amount of dollars here and there. And if you're moving dollars around from, from one account to another, you're not really doing profit first. So that's like one of the principles. Once you have allocated the funds into the accounts that are created for specific reasons, you use the money in those accounts for only those reasons, or you're not really doing profit first. So if your operating expenses account is running really low, it forces innovation, which is what entrepreneurial, what entrepreneurship is, is being innovative and creating and things like that. So it also tends to put you in a more creative mood and forces you to be innovative. So I, I read the book twice and it made a lot of sense. And like I said, it didn't fully click until I, until I plugged in my own numbers. And, and when I plugged it in, I didn't have any profit because we, all of our money was tied up into land. So I'm, you know, I'm working at, I'm really, I mean, actually when I first did this, it was like everything was negative and, and technically we still are negative, but we have a lot of money in contracts right now. And we have a lot of high value of land. So 
where on paper our net worth would be a lot more. Uh, we're still, I think, even just from not even operating expenses, just buying and selling land. I think right now we're like negative $1,900 total for everything. But we also have, I think, like, I don't know, uh, $50,000 outstanding in um, contracts. And then another uh seven, I believe, properties to sell at probably of an average of, you know, $3,500 or something like that. So, but that's neither here nor there. So basically plugging my own numbers into the system and kind of doing projections kind of made me see how it could really apply to our business and, and really make us a profitable, yeah, a profitable venture from the start. Even though I didn't do this for a little over a year, I only started in March of this year towards the end of March, but we've been doing it so far and it has it has forced me to think a little more creatively and it has it has put me in sales mode a little bit more so even if it was just those two things that's a bonus and it's really worth looking into i highly suggest it if you are running your own business and as i said i would also check out the emith revisited make sure you're sharing this podcast with your friends and we'll talk to you guys next week bye Thanks for listening to When Can I Quit My Job? Please remember to support the show by visiting whencanIquitmyjobshow.com and clicking the Patreon and Amazon links. Also, subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tell your friends about us. Liz and Noah are not financial or legal advisors, and all information given on this podcast should be consumed for entertainment purposes only.